When our Lord Jesus came from heaven and was in the, the, the manger as a newborn infant, yes, he was God, but he wasn't yet our Savior. Oh, he came to be our Savior. Don't get me wrong. He came to be our Savior. But it was his sufferings from the manger to the cross for 33 years. Every drop of blood that he shed, every agony he bore, every swear word against him, every cross he had to carry, every burden he bore, he came as servant to make himself to be the Savior of men. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and I trust today the Lord will draw near and bless as we share and preach the word of the Lord. We'll be turning to this message on the showbread table where the bread was led out and the worship was very personal. I trust that today that you will be led into a personal faith in the Lord Jesus. The gospel is not just broadcast indiscriminately. It comes to you it comes to your own heart, your own life, and it is God's promise to every man who believeth. And if you call upon the Lord as your Savior, you can be saved today. We have a number of items in song today. At the close, we'll have church singing. Uh, firstly, we have Al Smith. And uh, what a voice, but what a message he has to convey. So stay tuned with us right through the program. We'll come to our message in Exodus on the showbread. But firstly, Al Smith to sing for us. May there be a word here today just for you. Could we catch the glistening of the dew or snowflake Or the rainbow colors painted on the clouds Add to these the brightness of the stars and moonlight And the mantle white which mountain peaks enshroud Then if we could catch the glitter of each jewel From the earth or gathered from the briny sea Blend them all together in one mighty prism Still the loveliness of Christ is more to me Did you ever see a baby smile on waking Or behold the mother light in eyes of love Something which no artist ever yet was able To portray unless inspired from above Yet my soul has seen a vision quite immortal Far beyond the power of human eyes to see Something sweeter, grander, holier, and lasting Tis the loveliness of Jesus Christ to me 
is altogether lovely He's the fairest of the fair And on Him alone through life I can depend Oh, all language fails completely When I try to tell the world Of the loveliness of Christ My Lord and friend I have reveled in the glory of the sunset And the blending of God's colors at the dawn I have marveled at the plumage of the flowers And I thrilled while listening to the night bird's song I have passed through lanes of orange perfume laden Till enraptured in its magic power I'd be Could some way be found to gather these and blend them Still the loveliness of Christ is more to me is altogether lovely he's the fairest of the fair and on him alone through life I can depend oh all language fails completely when I try to tell the world of the loveliness of Christ, my Lord, my And in the very location he says before me, and here we are in the sanctuary of God. Here we are in the place where we invite Jesus into the midst. And he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And how wonderful to know that God is interested in this table. This is not just horizontal worship here today. This is not just something to do in the eyes of your brother and sister looking on. This is the Lord's table, and his eyes are upon it. And it reveals his interest and our interest in the Lord Jesus. Something else, you'll see its location or its continuation. Verse 30, before me always, always. From the day that Moses designed and erected the tabernacle, it's always night and day, seven days a week. This table was to be replenished, refurbished. It was to be, the loaves were to be replaced. And every Sabbath, the priest did that. It was to be continual. Our worship is not to be some sporadic thing. It's not something that's to be 
one day a week or one day a month or one day a year. And the Lord Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that believeth in me shall never hunger. There's continual, continual food, continual feasting, and satisfaction in the bread of the Lord Jesus. Now, believer, this is where the battle of the Christian life really takes place. The devil comes along and the world comes along and shows you some other attraction and want to fill your heart and mind with vanity, worldliness. Young people, boys and girls, new Christians, older Christians, the devil and the world wants to get your eyes an attraction attracted to something else. But the Lord Jesus says, He that believeth in me shall never hunger. He wants us to keep looking at him. Now, are you doing that? That's the challenge. That's the battle of the Christian life. That's where temptation enters, enters in. And the way to overcome this temptation is to keep your eyes on the Lord. You've heard it many times, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You've heard about that pole they put up in the wilderness. And when they looked to the pole, the poison of the serpents was destroyed. They were delivered from the serpents. They were delivered from temptation. And my friend, the way to victory in your life is to be in fellowship with the Lord and get your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. And I know that's a battle. I know it. It's a battle for me. It's a battle for you. It's a battle in a gospel church. The temptation comes as a preacher. Preach something that will really tickle the ears of the people. But the Lord says, preach me. Preach Christ and him crucified. Get the eyes of the people on the Lord. What Paul the apostle did in Galatians is he placarded the, the Lord before the eyes of the Galatians. That's what the preacher's to do. And this is what God has called us to do at this very communion table here today. So it's a display of our fellowship. And it's a command, it's an ordinance, it's an invitation to get our eyes on him. Now the bread itself, that displayed fellowship with the Lord. I'm going to take you back to Leviticus chapter 24. So did I say back to Leviticus? No, forward onward to Leviticus chapter 24, and uh, verse 5. And here we have a description of the, the, the bread and how it's made and uh, its placing on the table. Leviticus 24 and verse 5. And thou shalt take fine flour and bake twelve cakes thereof. Two tenth deals shall be in one cake. Notice the fine flour. This is refined flour. It is ground. It is ground. And the impurities, the chaff, and the fiber is all removed. This is pure. And of course, it's Christ. What you're reading about here is your Lord Jesus. His life was the fine flour. He had no sin in him. There was nothing of the world in him. Nothing cheap in him. Nothing that was defiled in him. And as we look at this bread made from fine flour, 
we get our eyes on the purity of the Lord. It also says that it was unleavened. Thou shalt set them in two rows. Where am I at here? Chapter 24, verse 5. Uh, and thou shalt set them in two rows, six in a row upon the pure table before the Lord, and thou shalt put frankincense upon each row, that it may be memorial, even an offering. And every Sabbath he shall set in order before the Lord continually, being taken of Israel by an everlasting covenant. Well, we don't read it here, but there is a reference. There is a reference that this is unleavened. And leaven, of course, is a type of sin. And you can look at the life of the Lord Jesus, and you will find that he had no sin. Indeed, there was not even the desire of sin. There was not a thought of sin. He was impeccable. He was sinless, not only physically, but mentally, spiritually, every way you consider him. One has written, as God discovered no leaven in the bread during the time it was before him on the table, so he found no evil in our Lord Jesus during his life on earth. And as the Lord looks upon this bread, he looks upon his Son and sees no evil. That, that's the Savior that we're gazing upon today. And God wants us to see this. He wants us to view upon him. Now, it was baked. Um, it was not tasteless dough. The taste comes from the, break, the, the baking. And the dough had to be put in the fire and baked and prepared and uh, you're to see that our Lord Jesus, he is the bread that came down from heaven, but he had to go through the sufferings and the fires of God's wrath. When our Lord Jesus came from heaven and was in uh, the, the, the manger as a newborn infant, yes, he was God, but he wasn't yet our Savior. Oh, he came to be our Savior. Don't get me wrong. He came to be our Savior, but it was his sufferings from the manger to the cross for 33 years. Every drop of blood that he shed, every agony he bore, every swear word against him, every cross he had to carry, every burden he bore, he came a servant to make himself to be the Savior of men. Consider him, taste of him, look upon him. There were 12 of these loaves set upon this table, and of course the 12 was for the 12 tribes of Israel. And here you have these priests, the sons of Aaron, and they are dealing with these 12 loaves, looking at them upon the table. But these priests were working for the people. The priests worked on behalf of the people. They represented the people. And what the priests did, the people enjoyed. Now, the wonder of it is that we are priests as New Testament Christians. Peter says this, uh, that we are now New Testament priests, and we're no longer strangers. We're no longer shut out, but we are in the very presence of God as New Testament priests, and we may enter in and enjoy all of the Lord. Now, verse 7 of Leviticus 24, you'll notice the frankincense. The frankincense that was put upon the top of each one. And thou shalt put pure frankincense upon each row. 
that would make me to think that these loaves were displayed, not just stacked upon each other on top, although sometimes you will see uh, graphics, pictures of, of the showbread in that manner. But this would appear to, to tell us that it was in rows, and each top of each loaf was highly visible, that it may be on the bread for a memorial. Frankincense. The Hebrew word means white. It's the word that's used for Lebanon, the white snow-capped mountains of Lebanon. It's also the word used for the moonlight. And when you look up at the moon and see that brilliant light of the moon, think of frankincense. It's the same root word in the Hebrew. Think of the brilliant whiteness. And as that bread was laid out six in a row, there was this snow-white frosting of frankincense upon the top of each loaf. So that when the priest looked upon that bread, what did they see? Brilliant white. Brilliant white. Now all eyes were upon those loaves. The eyes of the priest and the eyes of the Lord. And as we come to consider our Lord Jesus, God wants us to see the righteousness of his Son. Firstly, God's interested in the righteousness of his Son. That's his perfect life his sinless life, and the merits that he accrued to give to us, to our account. God looks upon them, and God takes pleasure in the righteousness of his Son. And he says to us, if you want to enjoy fellowship with me, this is the common object. This is what I want you to look upon and enjoy. I want you to see the righteousness of my Son. I want you to believe in it. I want you to trust and put your confidence in the white righteousness of my Son and enjoy fellowship with me. That's what believers do. That's what this communion table is also about. God wants us to feast our hearts, minds, and souls upon the white righteousness of God's own Son. Let's do that today. Let's not come to the communion as if it's some mere mechanical uh, tradition. Others have done this for generations. We do it. We just take the cup, we take the bread, we eat, we drink. To do so thoughtlessly or with empty minds is to miss the enjoyment, the blessing, the benefit that God has in store for the worshiper. Now to eat, and the priests at this at the end of the seven days when it was displayed there and they took off the old loaves and they put on the new, then the priests at the loaves. They feasted upon these loaves. They enjoyed them. It was on leaven, therefore it was quite palatable and usable. Now the Lord wants us to feast on him. He wants us to enjoy him. Now, when you eat something, if you take a book, the Bible talks about eating a book or eating a roll, what are you doing? You're, you're just getting right into it. You're getting right into it. If you're asked to eat of the Lord, what are you doing? You are fixing your whole attention upon him. And we are to eat to get right into the very merits, the righteousness the benefits and the blessings that the Lord Jesus has in store.
for us. The showbread, display bread. Think on display. And God has put on display his son in all his righteousness, his victory, accomplishments by his redeeming blood, that you may feast. Let that fill our hearts. Now, there's a final part to this, and if we go back to Leviticus, Exodus 25, Exodus 25, and the verse 29, there's another part to this uh, table of showbread. Thou shalt make the dishes thereof, and spoons thereof, and covers thereof, and bowls thereof, to cover with all. Now, to cover with all is a difficult translation. If you look at the margin, you will see a reference there to pour out with all, to pour out with all. And when you look at all the references to this showbread table, there was on it these 12 loaves, but there was also jugs or cups as they're, or bowls, as they're described here, of wine on the same table. Now, wine was used by these priests to pour upon the altar of sacrifice. And when they, the sacrifice was offered up to God, they poured wine upon it. So the wine is related to the altar. And here on this table of showbread, the priests have come out of the, uh, out of the outer court into the light of the candlestick, into the glory department with God. But he still keeps in view the merit of the sacrifice, the wine. And isn't it interesting that here in this communion table, God has insisted that we take the cup. This is my blood, which was shed for you. God wants us always to keep our focus upon the blood of Christ. So the, the white loaves speak of the life of Christ, the righteousness, and the uh, cup or bowls of wine speak of the, the death of the Lord Jesus. Welcome to fellowship with your Lord. Here's the way to enjoy him. Here's the way God will meet with you. These common objects that enable communion. This interest in the same things. If your interest is in the Son of God, in his death at the cross, in the power of his blood, God says, I will meet with you. I'll have fellowship with you. I will bless your soul. I will satisfy your soul. And this will be the power of grace to your heart. We learn, of course, here that our Lord Jesus is not just a teacher. He's not just a friend. He's a savior, a sacrifice. And we call this the Lord's Supper. It's where we sup with him. And just as you invite a friend to come and eat with you, that you may enjoy their company, talk over the same things, the Lord bids us to come. This do in remembrance of me, a memorial to remember, to focus on the Lord Jesus. I can never forget the words of Robert Murray McShane, the Scottish preacher, who said, For every look to self, Take ten looks to Christ. That's Christian living. That's the answer to the pastoral needs of many hearts. 
Do you struggle with lack of assurance? Do you want to know how this gospel really works in your heart and life? Get your eyes on this display bread, on the righteousness of the Lord, his accomplishments. It'll thrill your heart. It'll satisfy your soul. And you know what else will happen? As you fix your heart, mind, and soul on the Lord, the things of the world will lose their appeal. They will lose their attraction. The money, the gold, the stuff of this world will just peel away, fade into insignificance. This is your delight, your confidence, your trust. This is your assurance of heaven and glory. And may the Lord meet with us today. And if you're not saved, if you're not a Christian, you must get your heart fixed on the Lord. That's the call of the gospel. I trust you will today. Shall we stand, please, to sing? comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 187 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. 
There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online. For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of his precious word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30am. You can contact us using our office number which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And this is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word.